Horror Play is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to www.audibletrial.com shark to get your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. With over 180,000 titles for you to choose from for your Android, iPod, Kindle, or MP3 player. Taking us time. Yep. Hey, <laughs> welcome to Horror Play, everyone. The podcast dedicated to the talking your about enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always a great way to <laughs> lead into the podcast. We really should like work on like just starting the podcast better. Nah, no, I like it the way it is. Yeah, it's so natural. And yeah. Anyway, sure. I'm your host, John Lasso. Join me as always on my distinct. Co-host, okay, Adam Jetmore. Yeah. Hi, yeah. yeah, lazy. Adam Jetmore. Say hi. hi, hi, Robert Lamb. Hello, and Kyle Appiard. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. All right. Anyway, enough about curb your enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I wanted to talk real quick. <laughs> What's the deal with? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the deal with these podcasts? <laughs> Why didn't you intro like that? What's the deal with the podcast? Perfect. Seinfeld. Very yeah. beautiful. I, I, is Seinfeld in the room with you guys right now? Yeah. 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 Wow. You're missing out. But yeah, what's the deal? Oh, Jesus Christ. With E3. E3 happened a couple yeah. weeks back. I want to talk about it real quick from a horror game perspective. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah. E3. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's our E3 intro. I feel like I got the full E3 experience right there. Yeah, there are lasers. It's like we're there. It was like we were there. If this were a video podcast, it would just be Adam standing there, just shooting his finger finger guns. E3. You guys have full sound effects and everything. Wow. Yep. But yeah. um, So what kind of caught our eye, horror wise, E3? Well, that Resident Evil demo. Right yeah, off. Um, that really caught me off guard. I, uh, it was a VR thing, and they just kind of started it, and it was a VR demo, and I kind of quit paying attention and was playing with my phone because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm really not interested in VR. And then they quickly turned that around. Yeah, it's uh, for those of you who, have, who haven't seen it, what makes the Resident Evil 7 trailer so surprising is that it's first person. You know, that's definitely a departure. From the usual third person. Although they did have some spinoff Resident Evils that were first person. We don't like to talk about them, though. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's... I can't wait till we play those for horror play. <laughs> yeah, no the uh, the trailer had kind of a a Silent Hill type of vibe. You were like walking through a house. It was very it was a dilapidated, broken down house, and it was just like you know you would see like kind of zombies like out of the corner of your eye. It was really really cool. Yeah, it reminded me of another uh, kind of playable teaser. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that the thing John talked about right when he started his sentence just a second ago. Yeah, like that playable <laughs> teaser. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's intentional though, because I think, you know, they. I think it's intentional in the way that uh, Batman versus Superman was intentionally uh, a ripoff of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. There you go. Oh, it's a pretty good analogy, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of PT, uh, the new Hideo Kojima game, yes, uh, which I de- yeah. Deadly Grounds, uh, Death Stranding, no. Death Stranding, Death Stranding. Death Stranding. It's uh, a right. a very weird trailer, which is probably an understatement. Yeah, um, but they they got back together with Norman Reedus, <laughs> right? Uh, it's just really Guillermo del Toro is not involved now. Yeah, it's so, uh, so yeah. they dropped the weak link. Look, yeah, we got we got Reedus. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, you got Norman Reedus. You're good. So the trailer starts off with Norman Reedus waking up naked mm-hmm. on the beach, naturally attached. To As I'm baby. sure he really does every yeah. day. Yeah, mm-hmm. attached like some robot, robot baby, baby. Yeah. and with five guys floating in the it's air. It's actually not the weirdest part of the trailer. It just yeah. gets weirder from there. I'm just he like gets handprints on them. There's whales that are dead on the beach, um, and then there's. Five guys floating in the air. Apparently, it's not necessarily a horror game, but right. I don't even know what you would classify that as. Yeah, it's just really weird. How much of yeah. the game is him stalking through the woods, being like, "Ugh," uh. <laughs> with a crossbow? Yeah, with a crossbow. That I hope most of it, and I, yeah, I just and hope I, it's a bunch of zombies. I hope when you get out of the woods, you get a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you get to drive around. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm you, out. Yeah, and you never leave the Atlanta area. You just always stay in Georgia. <laughs> So, from a horror perspective, the big thing to take away from E3 this year is Resident Evil 7 ripped off PT and naked Norman Reedus. Pretty much. On the beach. That's pretty yeah, much it. Sounds good yeah. to me. It's uh, pretty okay. exciting stuff to look forward to, well, guys. Okay, but re- realistically, do you think like VR is going to be like the future of gaming? I hope not. Yeah, I think, I it, think will it will be, though. Eventually. I'm just not... I don't know. I'm sure it'll get there, but I'm really not interested right now. Right. I don't think they perfected it yet. Like, not even close. And, you know, I think they're trying with these mainstream games like Resident Evil to see if they can draw an audience. Mm. But the games that I've seen people play on the VR, like all the different virtual reality games, like horror games that they've had, most of them are very, like, low-budget, kind of crappy-looking. There are, like, a lot of the quality games there. that you would see when any new console starts up. You know, I th- it's I always even, like low quality games. I say even worse than that. I mean, they look yeah. like old PS One games. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, this is basically a brand new platform. It really. is. So, yeah, yeah, that you need that you need like ultra power conf- computer. Out, uh, I can't talk. Ultra powerful computers to run. Yeah, because these VR systems use 4K screens, and that's uh, so <laughs> games shouldn't look bad. No, I mean they'll look they great, do. but uh, you would uh, well, I paid a pretty penny just to experience that, for sure. But no, I think uh, VR is kind of. I think I agree with Robert. It will be the way of the future. It'll just be a very gradual process. Yeah, it'll be a while. Horror games, I think, will definitely benefit the most from VR. Yeah. So I'm, I, I think I'm excited. So. I think it's like I think that really does put you in the experience. I've uh, I've always said that like horror video games were scary scarier to me than horror movies because horror movies you're kind of watching whereas like horror video games you're playing as that person so you're trying to get away from a monster and it's like more intense and I like i think you disagree yeah well yeah you don't like horror movies <laughs> i don't that like much. horror movies but i don't get like i just feel like you're part of the game so you're like i you're feel like i'm more controlled that way 
I guess. So you're like, so you're like the kind of person that like sees the person going into the dark room. And I'm like, no, stop. Yeah, stop. Why would you do that? <laughs> just don't go in there. And if you were playing the game, you would just always stay out of that dark. At room. least I could be ready for what's in the dark room. Well, myself. actually, it's funny you mentioned that. The uh, there was actually like a VR demo. I forgot what platform it was on, but you were basically tied to a chair. You couldn't move, and the whole time you're watching like this killer just like slowly stalk around you as you were tied to your chair and just uh, eventually working his way uh, up to kill you. It was uh, apparently it was a very cool demo. That's very creepy. Yeah. yeah, I saw I saw a VR demo where you put like your hands on this just typical office desk and you're just kind of looking in this kind of apartment room. You're just like looking out the window into like some downtown area and you can increase the level like you start at level one mm. and you can increase the level at will but it just puts spiders on oh the desk. yeah oh, i saw that oh good yeah and the more you increase it the more spiders and the more active oh. they are and you can't move your hands so you also these spiders the are spiders. in 4k resolution so oh. they're gonna look really really lifelike amazing <laughs> great can't, can't wait for all that ptsd yep yeah. it's gonna happen Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I will not do a snake one. Okay. No. It's not happening. Really? No. <laughs> All right. Uh, if, if you're like snakes for horror play, I'm like, no, not this time. <laughs> I am what if off. we play snake for horror play for you, Adam? Oh, that's okay. The regular snake. Like, no, like, the, on, the, like, on the Nokia's? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. No, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Immersion zero, but scaring us uh, fucking 10. 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the scariest game Adam ever made. <laughs> like, snake. <laughs> All right, guys. I think. Uh, Time to move on to uh, what we're actually here for. Kyle, what game are we talking about this week? Uh, this week we are talking about Alan Wake. So basically in Alan Wake, you're a narrator who's a best-selling novelist that suffers from extreme writer's block. Wait, wait, wait. You're a what? A best-selling novelist um, uh-huh. who suffers from uh, extreme writer's block I after think his pregnant wife Joe suddenly okay. dies from an aneurysm. Four years later, Mike is still grieving and is plagued by nightmares set in his summer house in TR90. Oh, wait. What? What? what Wait, this that? is uh, this is Bag of Bones by Stephen King. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're not reading. My bad. Thing, okay, buddy. Uh, Alan, <laughs> Alan Wake is a uh, action adventure horror game that's made by Microsoft go. Studios. Uh, mm. Basically, you're a novelist who's suffering from extreme writer's block who goes to a lake and whose wife suddenly disappears <laughs> at said lake. Um, yeah, it's it seems like a lot of uh, it's horror is novels it supposed I've heard to be of before. Well, I know it has like a lot of tie-ins, or not tie-ins, but like a lot of people compared it to almost like a Twin Peaks kind of thing, like how it took place out in like the wilderness, and it was very like, like the the characters in the game are very like off the wall, like some of them, right? And that's kind of how Twin Peaks was. Like they had like really like kind of off the wall characters. Yeah, the setting is Twin Peaks. the The plot is Stephen King. Yeah, it's very Stephen King ish with like the whole. The, the writers thing, like the whole author writer in small time, or, or like like what was that Stephen King like Secret Window kind of thing? Like it's it's very similar to like Stephen King Twin Peaks, like story wise. I, I think. mean, the first line of the fucking game is Stephen King, is it? Yes, <laughs> like literally oh, the first line go. is Stephen King. Yeah, I think it was like a quote or or, or oh, he yeah. just mentioned Stephen King. So something. he doesn't just say Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's it. Stephen yeah. King. <laughs> you hey see guys. the opening credits, big Alan Wake title <laughs> card. Then it, it, the game starts. Cut, cut to on boat. Stephen King. Stephen King. Stephen King, guys. Okay. So the game is basically a, uh, uh, in the third person. 
um, and it's more or less a shooter. There's a there's a little bit of a puzzle aspect to it, um, but for the most part, it's a it's an action adventure kind of shooter. Run reminded me of a lot of uh, Bioshock meets uh, Uncharted. Really? Yeah. Max, Max Payne. Yeah, maybe a little Max Payne mixed in there as well. It is like a like. Yeah, I, it's not like your traditional survival horror, like tank control Resident Evil style or Silent God. Hill. Yeah. yeah, which is good, but it's very like, yeah. I mean, your main weapon is really a flashlight. Yeah, yeah. Because the enemies are like these dark shadow figures, so you're using a flashlight and you use the guns, you know, the few guns that you can get to like kind of stop them too. But the flashlight actually destroys them. Yeah, you have to like burn the darkness away with the light right. before you can kill them with the gun, as you do. Right. Yeah, so, as so you it's do. Kinda, right. It's kind of uh-huh. like your aiming mechanic, and as well as your offensive weapon in a way. Yeah. So uh, yeah. that was a, that was kind of unique, uh, or a unique aspect to the game. But something that I kind of felt was like, mm, I don't know about this. Like it's after at, towards the end of the game, it kind of got a little old. I liked <laughs> it throughout, like most of it. I'll agree. Like the element. And like the fact that the enemies, like there were different types of enemies. There was, but there was I, like I think not enough. Yeah, yeah, not enough. For I me. really wish they would have done more with the enemies in this game. That was like my big complaint. Like it was all the same guys. It was either the fast guy, uh, or the big, or axe. The, the flanking axe guys, or the big axe slash chainsaw guys. And mm. I kind of wish maybe they would have like explored like some creepier creatures, maybe or or maybe like animals got possessed by the darkness, but. Um, hey, well, there was like a trucks? freaking yeah. yeah. There trucks was there was there was a bulldozer. There were barrels. Yeah, but that was like a that there was were like a pipes or something. It was kind of lame. Yeah, I wasn't into like the whole. I liked more like the the people being possessed or not possessed, but like the dark people, yeah. um, rather than the vehicles because the vehicles I felt like weren't they weren't as scary. As... I know we're we're jumping ahead a lot or kind of jumping around, but like the. The pe- the people themselves like they were possessed, but then they would say the hokiest things, and I go I get that they're like ah they're they're it's their real self or you know it's what they say is their real self, but like the stuff that they would say kind of just took me out of the scariness. I'm like that's just kind of funny. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean I think that was that was kind of supposed to be the point of it. It was just this weird like wacky Twin Peaks like town. Uh, yeah, fair enough. During Deerfest, yeah, Deer during Deerfest, Deer what, what give you that impression that there's a Deerfest happening? Well, I, I thought like I thought I misheard it the first time. I thought it was Beerfest, <laughs> but then I was like, I jokingly was like, oh, it's a Deerfest, ha ha ha. But then I was like, oh no, it really is a Deerfest. I thought <laughs> they were going for Beerfest, but Deerfest is cool. Deerfest, yeah. Y- you know, guys, I, I really enjoyed this game. Actually, it was it a, uh, it's weird. It doesn't do like any one thing particularly well but like it's kind of the sum of uh the sum of its uh parts are really what makes it great like it's such a unique game like the setting is unique like the story is very unique as far as video games go mm-hmm. and the characters are just like i mean they they serve the plot right yeah it's like i've never played a game like alan wake before yeah this is actually one of my favorite games just in general right mm-hmm. i would say it's Mm, maybe my my second favorite game of all time. Nice. May, maybe my first. I'd have to really give that some more thought. But yeah, they did a really a lot of really cool stuff in this game, like how it was broken up into episodes. 
Yeah. So it was really nice. You could sit down and play a chunk of the game, right. stop and come back, and and you'd get it previously on. Yeah. It was kind of really the first time they had like an episodic thing like that, but it was all released on one disc. It was like these all these little touches that kind of help with the story, like uh, you know, the uh, episodic structure, and then like the little uh, the little Night Springs videos that you came yeah. across. Like that was mm-hmm. they were really corny, but they kind of added to the uh, the atmosphere of it. Like, oh, this is really cool, and also the. Uh, the uh, maybe I'm jumping ahead myself, but like the story pages that you find littered mm-hmm. on the ground, like if you read them, like they're not like you know regular horror games where like they're just like bits of story and just like yeah okay You're whatever. But like it together, yeah. yeah, but like in Alan Wake, the story like these uh if you read them, they actually tell you bits of story that's going to happen later in the game. Yeah, and yeah, I always can, thought that was can, really cool. They can warn you to stuff that you might have to fight. Yeah, yeah, two or three. Oh, also like hidden areas that you might have missed. I'm like. Oh, there was like a, a treasure chest. I somewhere. also like that he read them out loud. Yes. Yeah. You didn't have to stop and read them. <laughs> I don't know I, that I, really I like that. that though. Like I You didn't? No, because it was like you pick up a manuscript page and it's like Alan gets attacked by combine harvester and you're like, Well, okay, well I guess this is about to happen and so you you See, suddenly it, you it find yourself in an arena and you're like, Well, I guess this is where the combine thing happens. Yeah, yeah. I think uh you know, honestly, like in most games, that would kind of bother me and take me out of it. But in Alan Wake, it didn't really... It really serves the story. But here's yeah. the thing. Here's but the that, thing. This is oh, supposed yeah. to be a scary game. So, if, like, it, like, like, scariness is all built on atmosphere and the unknown. So, if I know that I'm going to get attacked by a combine harvester, that's going to immediately take me out of the, the whole scariness aspect. That's it why actually I, had the opposite effect on me. I think it kind of added to the tension. I'm like, oh, so this thing is going to go down later. I just don't know when. So I'm just it's, I'm thinking about it in the back of my head, like, well, I'm going to have to fight this scary thing, like, later on. But, like, even though, like, I'm, I'm feeling safe at the moment, like, you never really feel safe. Right. You know, when you know, like, something big is about to go down. When you're in the woods. Yeah. Night. I don't know. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it was just a really cool element that they added, I thought. Well, yeah, I really, I really liked it. Um, I've found almost all the pages. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. This was my third time playing through the game. Um, I need to go back and play it on Nightmare because there's certain pages you can only find on Nightmare. Really? But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I really like this game a lot. The combat is fun. It's pretty basic and it's not fantastic, but it is fun. The light element I think is cool. Um, yeah. I know you said you didn't like that, Kyle, but I think it kind of helps because you're always kind of playing at night and you can make all your surroundings dark and you just have this one little beam of light that kind of illuminates most everything for you. I think. For me, the only thing that really took me out, like, scariness-wise, was more, like, the, not necessarily a cutscene when, like, a lot of enemies would show up, but the kind of, like, over-the-shoulder, it would kind of slow down time oh, and yeah. show God, you where the enemies was... are coming from. If that didn't happen, I think it would have made it a lot scarier yes. if they just came out of the woods. Yeah. It said, hey, like, wait, hey, wait, look, 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 are you sure you see this guy? Yeah, He's about to kill you. Yeah, it kind of showed you, it kind of directed you to where the enemies were coming, and I, I felt like that lessened the scariness but you know what i'm gonna let me preface this by saying like i like the game i'm kind of nitpicking right now i i I genuinely did like the game and i know that i liked it because it didn't take me long to beat it and uh, i wasn't you know kind of kept me interested in the game the whole time but yeah there's there's just those little things like the 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 slowed down camera thing and i thought that they could have done more with the light beam thing than just you know hit them with the light and then shoot them a, a couple times I felt like that they could have expanded and done more with that. That's all. I mean, I'm I'm nitpicking. No, I mean I'll agree. Like to an extent, like a lot of the stuff you're saying, I I liked. For me, like my favorite, like my 
the best aspect of the game was, and we'll get into it later, was like the immersion and like just the feel of the game. And I liked the feel of the game. I liked the atmosphere. I I liked like how you kind of compared it to Uncharted before. Mm-hmm. I I get that sense in in the areas where you were just walking around like houses, just you could explore the area, or like you're on the boat and you can kind of talk to the people on the boat as you walk around the boat. Like that's something Uncharted would let you do, where nothing bad's going to happen, but you're kind of getting a feel for like what this area is yeah. and like what this story is bringing to it. And I I like that aspect of it. I like that there's like these cooldown times where you just get story rather than it's just bombarding you with enemies yeah. all the time. That was cool. Right. I like that. Yeah, and hey I, guys. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I was just going to say, I think um, the people that made the first two Max Payne games made this. Yep. And I think the combat may have been a little lacking due to that. I never really played Max Payne, but it really seemed like its whole principle was just its slow down, like bullet time thing. Mm. It was uh, yeah, um, outside of bullet time. It wasn't all that great. You know, I was just about to praise the game that came after Alan Wake Quantum Break for their combat but really it's a lot of time manipulation <laughs> again really? I mean, but it, yeah. there is there is more depth to it than just point flashlight shoot yeah. but um yeah well yeah, real quick know. real quick on the remedy thing i didn't realize that remedy developed this game until after and i kind of read the wikipedia article and then i kind of saw the comparisons from the, the previous two max Payne games where max Payne would kind of they would max Payne would sometimes take you back in time or take you to a dream sequence there would also be like shows that would be on the TV that you could see and all these little kind of Easter eggs. So, um, you know, I, I, it, this was very much a remedy game and, and they, you know, all the tropes were there, whether it be the, the references to the Norse gods or the sort of um, TV shows within the game, that kind of stuff. So that was cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. What was everyone's scariest moment of the game? <laughs> Mine, um, I think it came in the last chapter of the game, chapter six. Uh, there's there's a point where you have to go in this like farmhouse to open, push a button to open a gate, yeah. and you push the button and you turn around and then there's just one of the the taken or or whatever they are like standing right there. Yeah, that really freaked me out because it was one of the few times in the game where you didn't get like a music cue or something oh, and yeah, then it was coming right. after you. Yeah, that was a pretty that was that was pretty good. Mine was uh, just kind of random, and I don't know why it scared me, but I w- it was as you're going through this little motel where the FBI agent stayed. You come out of his house, and one of the taken kind of jumps off the roof at you. And for I don't know, for it's like it's happened so many times in the game. But for some reason, that that particular part just gave me a jump. I I mocked the whole like barrels coming to life and steel beams and stuff but i will say the first time that that happened i was just it was more of like a scary like w- wait what the hell's going on like what's attacking and it's just like barrels and boxes coming at me and that actually like it wasn't like a jump scare so much as i didn't know what to do i didn't know what was going on and like that was kind of like my scariest moment was that because that was like the first time other stuff besides just people were attacking you yeah um, for me, it was when you kind of go back to the cabin <clears throat> that was on a lake, whatever, and you're just kind of walking through. And it's like, I think it's like very early on in the game, so you still have like no idea what's going on. And it's just like, man, I don't know if I want to go in there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But there's like, the game like doesn't let you not go in there, so it's yeah. like, oh God. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was definitely the scariest moment in the game for me. I'm just like, oh, okay. 
Like, I just let me, let me go in this spooky cabin in the middle of a lake, yeah, all yeah. by itself. Yeah, <laughs> that's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, I think now's a good time. Uh, <laughs> wait, you don't want to any kind of like lead into what we're gonna do on the break, or you just want to take a break? I just want to take a break. I okay. think I think we should go get some more batteries for our flashlights. Yeah, because okay. we're doing this whole podcast <laughs> in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> there's a bad transition for you guys. Let's go find batteries. There's some Duracell batteries, you mean? Yeah. You mean Energizer or, or Energizer batteries? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Fail. I was bu- I was just busy looking at my Verizon phone. <laughs> <laughs> Are you playing Snake right now? No, no, no. I just I took my Lincoln MKX over here to uh, you know. Do this podcast and it kind of got a little. Uh, I don't even know where you saw one of those at in the game. I just saw saw all <laughs> shitty old trucks. <laughs> I think Kyle's still talking about like Stephen King novels. <laughs> oh, okay. No, <laughs> the Buick eighty eight or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> all right, break time. Two questions for you guys. My original. Am I the only one? Um, then head on over to lootcrate.com slash shark, and they want you to join them for their futuristic July as they uh, celebrate some of pop culture's favorite prognostications of science in the future. Uh, look towards tomorrow with items from Rick and Morty, Futurama, Star Trek, Mega Man, Valiant Comics, and Star Trek again. I guess they must have it twice. Cool. Uh, they've included a model, a figure, uh, and their monthly tea and pin. So what is Loot Crate, guys? Loot Crate is a service for 20 bucks a month. You're going to get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and a hell of a lot more. You have usually until the 19th, uh, 9 p.m. Pacific time to subscribe and receive that month's box. So if you guys like this future-themed box, you only have until the 19th of this month to get that box. And then after that, you're not getting it anymore. So if you're a big Rick and Morty fan, if you're a big Futurama or Star Trek fan, uh, you may want to check out this month's box. And time is running out. Time is of the essence, guys. You can't you can't fast forward to the future to get this box ever again. In fact, if you fast forward to the future, you're gonna you're gonna fuck yourself because you're not gonna get your hands on this loot crate. Um, so make sure you head on over to lootcrate.com/shark. Enter the promo code Shark Dropper. Uh, you're gonna save yourself 10% off your first loot crate. And it's it's a forty five dollar value in every crate. You're getting it for twenty bucks a month, and you're gonna get even you're gonna get it for even less than that uh, by going to lootcrate.com slash shark. You put in the promo code Shark Dropper, and it's also gonna help us out. Uh, it's a lot of cool stuff. I really like the way that, that every loot crate was was uh, laid out, and uh, it, it's a lot of neat, cool things in it. So if you're into all that kind of stuff. You want to save a little bit of money on it as well? LootCrate.com slash shark, promo code SHARKDROPPER. Welcome back to Horror Play. We've got our Duracell AA batteries Energizer. Here. Energizer. Lithium Energizer. ion. Well, we got both. Duracell <laughs> and Energizer. Cover our bases. Yep. Yeah. Special, uh, I guess there's whoever's gonna sponsor this podcast. <coughs> yeah, neither of them. <laughs> well, so we'll use no well, either one. Then I, then I guess, I guess we're gonna go get Dollar Tree brand. Yep. Yeah, I think that's still Duracell, right? Yeah. Mm, yeah, no, because these ones last for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Duracell's like the Burger King of batteries. <laughs> oh, really? You, uh, you've had Energizer's you've had the McDonald's? <laughs> Energizer's the McDonald's. You've tasted the difference between those two. Kyle uh, likes batteries. Does that yeah. say something about me then that I prefer Burger King and Duracell? Yeah. 
You yeah. have some problems. Adam. Number two. You like the number twos. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's nothing. Yeah. Well, I prefer eating number two, so you can go number two later. Yep. Yeah. See what it does. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're all off our game on this podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> so far. And I've been looking for this, forward to this for so long. Yeah. This is like, this is a hard one. I feel like there's just a lot of dead air. You know what's great? None of the jokes are like. You know what's great? You, get, you could like, probably go back and listen to the first. If this was one like I a did. crappy game that we didn't care about, like yeah, we'd uh, we totally be into it. It's yeah. true. But but uh, this is a good game. It deserves our our best. We all fully took time to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody. This maybe maybe this will be the life of Pablo of podcast. We'll just come back in a week and redo it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we we don't do that. Yeah, it's like a game where we actually like. We just uh, we just can't get it up, so to speak. I guess. Well, we've played so many of these crappy independent <laughs> games. <laughs> that Metapod used Harden. It failed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Poor guy. Uh, what, what do we do at this part of the point? Or this uh, point of the podcast? This is the part we just ramble the, about the, the like, turn of the, the point. Ratings. The point of the point. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Lord. Uh, what are the oh words? The roading. Yeah. If you need to just turn my mic off, I understand. No, can, we, yeah, I can we just redo just, this one? Just turn everybody's mic <laughs> Let's off. start over. Welcome to Horror Play, everybody. <laughs> Alan Wake sucks. <laughs> and I'm Kyle. I go. am John as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, this is the point of the podcast where we do ratings. Uh, if you haven't listened to Horror Play before, we have a rating system. We judge each game in different categories. Obviously, we're worried about scariness the most, but we have three other categories in which we judge each game. That is immersion, story. No, well, maybe you're worried gameplay, about gameplay. I'm just uh, and scary. Oh, you're worried about everyone's uh, worried about scariness. Right. You're you're scared. Yeah. Anyways, Robert. Yes. What is the highest numerical score that one of these categories could receive? I'm glad you asked, Adam, because I really need to get this out. In case you're wondering, listener, 10. No. 10 is the highest wow. that you can score on, on in these categories. Now answer me this. Okay. What is the lowest possible Way numeric? ahead of you, Adam. <laughs> And I'm glad you asked that too, because people would be like, "Well, t- if ten's the highest, like, is nine the lowest?" I'm here. I'm I'm the Hurley no. of the group, if you will. No, I am here to be the people's voice. People's voice. Oh, lost. Just say zero. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you got well, a Hurley, but <laughs> no, I got the Hurley. But I got that. I've never seen voice. lost. <laughs> <laughs> I was lost by that comment. Um, oh. Uh, <laughs> God one. damn it. You just, one. Just, <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's just move on. <laughs> One's the lowest, ten's the highest. Obviously, we're No. What? Isn't it zero? Yeah, you can do a zero. Yeah, I guess you could do a point uh, five. No, a point five, a no. zero. I'm not saying point no, five. Zero's the lowest. I know. What are you talking the about? Lowest. You're the one who came up with the rating system. Wait, guys, I think we might be breaking up right now. <laughs> we're arguing over the let's, rating system in the Let's start of over. This. Let's start over. No, no. no. Why would you say one is the lowest? That's like, it's obviously zero. That's true. It is zero. I wasn't thinking straight. Okay. Adam's asking me hard questions. I was trying so you, to. So you said one? Yeah. Instead of zero? One is the loneliest number, John. That's what I heard. One is the loneliest number, John. <laughs> okay, the guys. One number, John. <laughs> Anyways, Jesus Christ. Zero is the lowest. Ten is the highest. Yeah. Let's get to it. 
Immersion is the first category. Immersion <laughs> encompasses atmosphere, music, wish, sound effects. I wish I gave a zero graphics. on all the uh, the ratings now. But you didn't. Okay. You know what you gave this? You gave it an eight on immersion. That's pretty good. Just like me. Yeah. I gave it an eight. And just like Adam, who gave it an eight. And you know what? Kyle, he gave it an eight. Whoa. We all gave immersion an eight. Is this wow. a first? You gave it an no, eight, I Robert? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Let's fight about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why is my eight better than your eight? Uh, let's see. I rated it. I <coughs> I did the two circles instead of one connecting number. He gave one it circle infinite. on top of the other little circle. That's why my eight is better. He gave it I, a sideways eight. <laughs> I, I gave it a, uh, the sideways boobs. So, whoa. Yeah. This game but did no, atmosphere uh, really well. For me, yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> for me, immersion, I rated really highly because of the atmosphere. Like, it did a really good job. Yeah, you don't really play too many games that are set in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Right? So that was really cool. That was a really cool setting. The uh, the music was kind of, it wasn't overly done, you know. A lot of things, like I mentioned, like the little Night Springs videos, that definitely kind of helps pulls you uh, into the game. Yeah, and to, to, I guess, explain what those are a little bit, is they're kind of weird, like, Twilight Zone. Yeah. Like, little mini Twilight Zone episodes. And that, they're uh, they're pretty good for what they are. They're, like... Maybe two or three minutes long. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh it's all really well done. And the uh, yeah. I think uh, oh, also like the little radio shows that you can listen to. Mm-hmm. It's just like yep. these yeah, little details like that they added. Deerfest. Like it, it feels like it's a real town. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's just this weird, strange little place in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Robert. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll chime in. Okay, I agree. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. Okay. I no, I really like like I said before, I like the feeling. I I like the feeling of the game. It's like really weird. Like I just like that like you said it's part of like it's it's like a living town. Like you're in it and there are moments where you can kind of diverge like you don't have to talk to everybody. And like when yep. you're on the boat, like I like that feeling of just being on the boat not having to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I feel like that 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 makes it where you're part of the game more. Like obviously that's the immersion. So like it makes you feel like you're really part of this town. Which is like I think the most important part of this game. Like yeah, I think I think it was. Like there's there's it's a linear game for sure. Right, right, right. But you can wander around in a lot of places where there's nothing hidden. It's just area you can wander into because it's there. Right, like, like the backyards, just, it, it, yeah, like and stuff, and yeah. just even like out in the woods and stuff. There's a lot of unnecessary areas that you can just run to mm-hmm. because it, they like built a whole and you're not town here, and you're not always attacked by creatures or whatever. You're kind of free to do that. You can always go explore. Obviously, like you know, some of the taken are going to show up, yeah, at certain points, especially when it's dark out. But like during the day you're kind of exploring just areas and talking to different characters and stuff. And I, I like that. I like that. Uh, like I said, I've watched, I've watched twin peaks and it was very twins. And, and it actually reminds me of like another game that we'll probably do eventually a deadly premonition, which I heard is very twins peakish. So like, I like, I like that atmosphere. Right. Yeah. One of the, the things I read when they were making this game was they were very influenced by twin peaks and lost. And mm-hmm. uh, there were a couple other things I can't, remember that they named off the the top of my head but uh a couple of that was actually kind of what got me interested in the game in the first place sorry what was that kyle so there was a couple influences that they or things are influenced by 
Yeah, like Twin Peaks and Lost. And Stephen King. And, and Stephen oh, King. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, No, that's... But I, I like that. I like... I don't mind. Yeah, I did. You know, I, I, I'm giving a shit, but I did like that. I liked it. I liked it. I thought that that's what made this game. I think the immersion is what made the game for me. Like, yeah. that, the feeling of the game. I would agree. Like only, more than, thing, like, anything else. The only thing I really gave uh, points off for this game for was the character models. They were a little off, but... Um, Otherwise, I mean, this game came out in 08, right? 10. Yeah, it came 10, out in 2010. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, you were capable at that time of doing more yeah. with those. But, you know, it's, it's I think, small. Yeah, I, you know what? It's it's one of the few cases where, where the character models look better in the actual gameplay than I think they do in cutscenes. Cut oh, absolutely. I mean, there were some cutscenes where they the, the character models looked really good, but I think more often than not, they kind of looked weird. <laughs> yeah. I think the graphics, though, are good. Yeah, they were like really good. 2010 and um, I know too much about this game because I like it so much. But um, it, it had like a five-year development cycle, so it it started wow. kind of around the the beginning of the Xbox 360. So that could explain why they're a little dated looking for 2010. Uh, I think this game came out, or no, maybe uh, um, Alone in the Dark that remake or whatever that we played. It came out before that came this out game. before this game. But I remember seeing images for both games, and like they looked really similar. Let me just say that they are not, which is a plus <laughs> for this game. <laughs> That's all. Good. Nothing to do with Alone in the Dark. Yeah. That's the highest praise you can give any game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. So. Um, all right. Well, we all had our say. I mean, obviously, we all agreed on immersion. Like, you know, yeah. I, I think that's a strong suit. About looking at the scores, I think stories also can get uh, pretty high marks as well. Right. I just want to say that if you take all of our immersion scores and you divide <laughs> oh. them by four... Okay. It gets a total of an eight. Oh, okay. So if you take right. eight times 16. it by four, no, you times oh. well, you take eight. John's eight. Thirty-two plus your eight is sixteen. Plus my eight, twenty-four. Mm -hmm. Kyle's eight, thirty-two. Divide by four. Mm -hmm. It's an eight. Wow, mm -hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. That's how math works. Nah, did did you carry the one there? That's <laughs> how math works. Okay. I yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Um. All right. Next category: story. Let's get into it. Story is plot, characters, enemies. John, you gave it an 8.5. Adam, you gave it an 8.5. I gave it a 7.8. 7.8? Oh, there we go. There we go. And Kyle, a 4. <laughs> yep. Kyle? Yep. Kyle. You just Ooh, Kyle. hate story. Yeah. <sighs> okay, here what we up? go. <laughs> Where do I start? Defend do I start with... Right do, you, do, do you not with, know how to read? Do I start with... Uh, do I start with not Wayne Knight... Uh, as the the goofy best friend, do I start with you know what every Stephen <laughs> Let's King fucking novel calm down being on ripped Barry off? Because Barry was incredible. <laughs> Barry <laughs> was a ride or die motherfucker. All right, oh, very ride or die. He was a true bro, right? Um, the the ambiguous ending, uh, the 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 characters or at least the enemies sort of being the same throughout the entire game. Um, the plot being more or less predictable, small town evil attacks, uh, a big town writer. Oh no! Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This this is all sounding like you you nailed it. Adam's Adam's gonna jump down your throat on this one. <laughs> <laughs> You're destroying his favorite game, second favorite. Sorry. Look, I'm nitpicking. I I, I enjoyed the game, but I'm just saying. No, that I get it. This, he totally this, he understood it. He perfectly hates it. The, he does. The story was. Uh, it was lacking for me, and I think that the the a big a big part of where I knocked this game off was the enemies. 
Um, I was not a fan of the way the enemies kind of stayed the same throughout the whole game and how this being a not a survival horror but an action horror game, um, I kind of wish that you would get a little bit more than just like your basic Bioshock splicers uh, as enemies. And right. as far as the uh, the characters themselves go, yeah, I, I like Barry. Barry, he was okay, but I just uh, he was just kind of annoying. The whole wife thing, I never felt like bad for her i never felt like there there was any kind of motivation for me to to rescue her other than that it's just a game that i'm playing and i gotta go save her um and, and the whole the whole thing with the uh, the clicker and the light and uh, it just felt a little a little little thin for me well let me explain why i gave it a 7.8 okay i couldn't decide between a 7.5 or an 8 <laughs> so, so you went kind of went right in the middle somewhere <laughs> right yeah so you don't want to go like seven points. Honestly, the only thing I really took it down for, I mean, I agree with Kyle to some extent, mostly on the enemies front. Like, I just wish there was more enemies, or like, it, it, it it's not an overly long game, but it's also not a short game. Like each episode's what, like two hours, Roughly. and there's like mm-hmm. five episodes. So like, you know, it's about a ten-hour game, maybe a little bit more. I don't know, but um. I just felt like there should have been a little bit more. There are crows. Crows mm-hmm. are an enemy. Yep, yep. And there are, like, the trucks and things that get possessed or whatever you want to say. Um, that kind of stuff. Other than that, like, I felt like it, it kind of, because of the combat, because of how it was, it, it did become repetitive over time. Like, they didn't really add anything new later on. But I still liked the story. And like I said, I liked the feel of the game. And I liked... I liked some of the characters. They were off the wall, but I think that that's 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 the twins. Yeah, but there was just there was like of. weird loose ends to the story. Like there the, were the secret society. Like when the the sheriff has you mention the the uh, the name of the show to Barry, and like Barry has to call these people. I thought, oh, cool. There's like they know about the darkness, and like there's a little secret society. That, no, they just never that never was never explored or. The um the the two rockers like you kind of get the the sense in the beginning that there's that they they might play a part later on and then they're all of a sudden in the home then they're out of the home and then the whole thing with the doctor and the kidnapper I didn't know that the kidnapper was working for the doctor until I actually had to go back and read and said oh it makes sense yeah the kidnapper was working for the doctor to to lure Alan Wake to the doctor like that kind of stuff I mean again mm-hmm. I'm nitpicking I'm nitpicking but it's you know that that kind of stuff is why I get I took points off. Well, Adam here is going to tell you why you're wrong, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, come on, I'm just going to just going to jump on Adam's back. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, and John's yeah. just going to wait on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if you take the time and you find the pages and stuff, it makes more sense. Like all these loose ends you speak of, this clicker, like it was all stuff that was written in the story, and like it really comes down to it did any of this really happened did it really take place in right. his head was this thomas zane who was writing this the whole time right who created this alan wake character who then created this other care i forget the the character's name that he wrote in his book uh the sudden stop mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah but um like it kept ma- making references to where where alan wake wrote this in but if it's thomas zane's story um the ending what were you confused by there I'm sorry. What? The at the ending. What were you confused by there? The ending. I when I went back and read it, 
it it made a little bit more sense to me. But um, essentially, what happens in the end is Alan walks into Cauldron Lake and Sarah emerges. So what he what he the the conclusion that he comes to is that he has to sort of sacrifice himself to finish the story, to to save her. And it was kind of left open ended, and I guess that's kind of an ooky kind of Twin Peaks uh, horror novel thing. But I, I don't know. I want more closure than that. Just come it, on, hug, kiss, the whole, game's over. Well, the whole game does feel like kind of a horror novel. I mean, that's essentially what it's trying it to does. do. Yeah. So, like, I get that, but like, I mean, I agree with both some of the stuff you're saying and some of the stuff Adam's saying too. Like, I, I'm kind of like, well, you know what? Right in the middle. Adam's played it three times, and. Uh, my first playthrough, I didn't read the manuscripts because, like, early on, I made a decision in the game, like, okay, it's just telling me what's going to happen, so I don't want to read that. I kind of want to be surprised and scared. So, I made a conscious decision not to read the manuscript pages. So maybe that's on me for not kind of connecting the story as well as maybe Adam did. So, you know, I'll give you that. Yeah, not all of them tell you what's coming up either. Like, there's only a few of them throughout it that do that. Um, but I mean, the game did kind of it ended with an ellipsis. Right. I mean, they were planning on making more, which has not panned out yet, much to my dismay. But um, they did do DLC content, though. Yeah, there's. uh, Is that a continuation? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it is. It was supposed to bridge the gap between this one and a potential Alan Wake two, which has not happened. But they did release uh, like an Xbox arcade game, Alan Wake's American Nightmare, Mm -hmm. uh, which is not a continuation. It fits into the story, but it's separate. I don't really know how to explain it. But, um, yeah, the DLC does continue the story, so um, yeah. it's been a while since I've played that. I mean, we might play it for a horror play yeah. eventually. So. I'd, I'd definitely play it. I mean, it was I agree with everything Adam said. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's go to gameplay. <laughs> All right, gameplay, level, uh, level design, and controls. I gave it a 7.5. John, a 7.5. Adam, an 8. Kyle, a 7. Ah, Everybody's around the same. Yeah, do we really have to argue here? No, no. I I think we're good. Honestly, the controls felt good. I mean, they were fine. So, like the the special gameplay mechanic with the flashlight. I mean, it didn't it didn't feel like overly complicated. Like it was just like, you know, it it felt good. Like moving Alan around, like especially like during combat, which is really important. Like I never felt like encumbered by the controls, which is really what the whole point of this rating is. Like. Did the controls just, like, stumble us, and it didn't in this game? No, they didn't. Uh, for me, it's more of the level design. As much as I like the atmosphere of the game and, and like, the levels and stuff, a lot of it was woods mm-hmm. for me, and I, I felt like... They, I mean, it did take you out of there. You went to, like, a farmhouse. You had the cabin and stuff, but a lot of it was just woods. You did, Yeah, you did end up running back sometimes. through the woods a lot. This this yeah. was a very spread-out town. Very yeah, woods it made. was a lot of woods. They, they made a lot of excuses for it to be night and in the woods. Yeah, there's a lot of like just running in the woods at night, and like that was my only thing. I like the uh, the idea, like um, we mentioned before, where you could deviate from the path and explore more, which that was cool. It's not open world, but it's like you could explore a little bit. Yeah, it it exists. You don't just right. hit a wall. Yeah, yeah. So like that's cool, but yeah, the woods kind of so much of that kind of took me not took me out, but it just was like the repetitiveness of it. My only mm-hmm. my only complaints were thus. It was uh, very early in the game. The camera was a little herky jerky, or the you know the, the your view. I very quickly got used to that. Um, and whenever you picked up a new weapon, it would switch you immediately to that weapon. 
that kind of was a was a little annoying but again it was ne- it never really uh, happened in any time of uh stress or peril so it was just kind of like ah eh, got to switch back to the shotgun now that, that you sort didn't of thing. you didn't have an aiming reticule right like no it was the flashlight it was the flashlight, was the flashlight. Yeah. yeah because there was there was a point if you just slightly pulled down the left trigger which mm-hmm. is what aimed your flashlight yeah. um and if you were to fully pull down the trigger it would that's how you would like increase the focus on the light to burn the darkness off of the enemies faster right um but if you just lightly pulled down on it you would just raise your flashlight up and so it would kind of become a reticle without wasting any of the battery right okay pro tip from adam (laughs) (laughs) there's your aiming reticule (laughs) in case you were wondering uh john you want to say anything you already said yeah Yeah, 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 yeah all right let's go to the most important category and it is the most important, not arguably the most important, which I have said in the past. It's the most important. Okay. How scary Did you was finally this win game? that argument? I won that argument with myself. Okay. <laughs> not, I, I talked to myself for a while in the mirror the other day. And I said, is, is it really? <laughs> yeah, I punched that shit. Oh, Robert okay. doesn't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been telling him for years. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people have. Um, anyways, yeah, we want to know how scary this game is. Let's find out. I gave it a 5 out of 10. John. A 7.5 out of 10. Adam, a 5 out of 10. Kyle, a 1 out of 10. Really? Ooh, wow. Yeah. A 1 out of 10. Well, I'm actually shocked by Kyle's review, or Kyle's rating and John's rating. I think yeah. John's is too high, and I think Kyle's is way too low. Okay. <laughs> <I so. think> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wasn't scared. I was not I guess scared. I can't. I'll, I'll start, because uh, uh, we can uh, end it on Kyle's uh, great <laughs> defense of his one rating. Yeah. But I think... Uh, so in previous episodes, we were doing nothing but these like indie Japanese horror RPGs, and it basically got to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm actually a little biased towards games that I just keep playing like over and over again, and like I just it doesn't feel scary when you just keep playing the same kind of kinds of games like over and over again. But like Alan Wake, like I mentioned earlier, it's a very unique game. I've never played a game like Alan Wake before, and I think. You know, normally I probably would give it like a five or a six, but I think the uniqueness and originality of the game kind of made it seem more scary than it should have been. Like you were stepping into the unknown. It was a breath of fresh air. <laughs> was, was it you know. creepiness or like jump scares for you? It was just generally creepiness. There weren't like a lot of jump scares, but I no, I think it's a generally creepy game. I enjoyed the story a lot. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it tells yeah. in your rating. Yeah, I think uh, the 7.5, I fully admit, it got boosted by the fact that it's, it wasn't a Japanese horror RPG, <laughs> you know? We know how much you like this. Yeah, I think uh, it was nice playing a horror game that felt unique. You know, we've been doing this podcast for a while now, so we've uh, kind of run through the gamut of, like, all sorts of horror games. And you can definitely tell there's, like, certain types of horror games that just, like, come up. So you like think over and over fatigue again. is going to be like an issue for with me? Later games? For me, it is like uh, it's hard to be unbiased sometimes. You say like, fatigue? Uh, yeah, no, I, I fully admit to, to my biases, but that's why we have more than one person reviewing these games, right? So, but yeah, I got seven point five. I realize that's kind of high, but you know, I uh, I enjoyed this game, and I was uh, I was definitely creeped out by it. I don't think seven point five is uh, too high for me. But Kyle wasn't. Kyle, no. yeah, wasn't scary. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was. I, I I think it was about as scary as fighting again. Like I'm gonna compare it to Bioshock. It was about as scary as fighting splicers in Bioshock. It, it was, it was fun. 
I, I had fun doing it, but I certainly wasn't scared, especially with the way that they kind of like zoom, watch out on enemies gonna get you, like sort of thing. Like I had time to like, okay, they would slow the camera down, they'd show you the amount of enemies, so you you immediately form your tactics. Okay, run towards that guy, take him out first, turn around, take the rest out. It was, you know, none of it was was really that scary to me, or there was no really jump scares, and you know, I can't. I had a hard time naming a scariest moment because I was towards the end of the game. And it really hadn't scared me all that much. And maybe that one part made me jump. And that was about it. Fun game. Definitely a fun game. But it's not a scary game. I do like that you say fun because, like, I actually did have a lot of fun playing this game. There's, like, a few horror games that we played. Probably, like, The Last of Us. No, I'm saying that are fun. (laughs) Like, that were, like, genuinely just fun games. Not necessarily, like, scary, scary like The Last of Us. But, like, they're just fun games to play. And this was one of them that I just had fun playing. It was just kind of cool to sit down. Like Adam said, like you can just do like an episode at a time, come back later, it does a whole recap, and it had pretty good music in it. Yeah, that was, that was cool. <laughs> like for yeah. every ending, ending yeah, of a chapter. Had, the, the, the credits had uh, was Space Oddity. Yeah. Dave, Dave, Dave David Bowie. And yeah. Bad Seeds. Yeah. Yeah, there's like some good music. Adam, I'm surprised you gave it like a, was it a five? Yeah, yeah I mean... <sighs> I actually had a really hard time rating this, too. It, it could have been because it was the third time I played it. Mm-hmm. Um, like Kyle said, they really do... Anytime there's an enemy encounter, it does slow down. It does show you that the enemies are coming at you. There's no real surprises in it. Um, but I would always kind of get caught off guard by the ones that would come in behind you because they would always focus on one. Mm. And I, I had to remember back to when I first played it... Um, they would run up behind you and I would always forget about that or not know exactly where they were coming from. So that would catch me off guard, but you were just in the darkness the whole time. So it was just this creepy atmosphere. Things were weird. Um, I don't think it was an overly scary game. It was just, it was creepy and weird. And, and it felt like a place that you might accidentally go to and shit would be creepy and weird and you might need a flashlight and this island might disappear from the middle of this lake 30 years ago who knows 30 years ago. Yep. Yeah. is Could alan happen. is alan that drawn to the destiny that's written on the page that he knows that he's going to go to a cabin with barry and get drunk and then get arrested and he still does it's, it it's no, not it's not the destiny i think i think like he wrote this story and so he's, he's realizing as he goes along that writing this story is the only way to beat this dark presence. Uh, like he has to write it out of existence. So he's kind of, he's following It's It's almost like Thomas Zane left the pages behind for him mm-hmm. to find Thomas Zane is the one who originally wrote the story that created the darkness. For those of you that may be confused by that. That's why I think maybe I like your theory that it's maybe just a Thomas Zane novel and that not, this is all just the events in a Thomas Zane book. I like that. Or maybe stuff. maybe uh, uh, there's a part towards the end where um, Alice is leaving and saying that she's leaving Alan because he has writer's block and he doesn't love her anymore and he's not the same. Maybe that really happened. Maybe he did kill his wife. Maybe this is him coping with it. Right. All will be answered. And Alan Wake too. <laughs> no, I think the. Uh, gets made. No, I definitely agree. Like the combat wasn't anything to write home about, scariness wise. But it was just like everything else, like Adam mentioned. Like it just the general creepiness of the game. Like really, I think it's really average sh- scariness. No, I think it was really well done. 
I for know. me like it's actually the the tension came from I mean overall it's not like creepy throughout the whole game like you know like during the day you're not going to really have yeah. much but at night obviously it's creepy throughout and I I didn't like when it showed you the enemies I felt like that did take me out of it but also the enemies were faster than you yeah and they would always right. catch up and stuff and you had to dodge them like that's where like the tension came in for me and that's why kind of middle of the road there were elements that took me out of it where it wasn't that scary but then there were elements that added to the scariness so i kind of just gave it middle of the road i mean you still have to balance the fact that it's it's still a game <laughs> it know, is still a game like you still have to make it fun otherwise but it's uh, it's it's weird because the enemies were it's not like zombies where like they're slow moving or anything like they yeah. would actually run at you and then mm-hmm. if there's a bunch of them and your flashlight's running out and you're trying to hurry up and reload the flashlight plus your gun there's People just like are a lot of them. knives at you yeah they're throwing things at you you're trying to dodge that i mean that the tension came there i think it's more tense and more creepy not really jump out scares too yeah, often yeah and i i don't think that was the point because it, it was more supposed to be as a psychological thriller right yeah. Yeah, I and yeah, that's I mean, if you take all our scores, let's just go to that. If you take all the scores, a total um with all the categories, it gets a 6.8. I think that's kind of low for the game. I did like the game, but I yeah. think we're rating it on a horror scale mm-hmm. and that's why it's getting a 6.8. But uh scariness, it gets a 4.6. 4.6. That puts it around Fear and The Last of Us. So it actually that's, ties yeah. it with Last of Us. Four point six. Yeah, I'm actually okay with that. Yeah, that so am I. Last of Us wasn't really overly scary either. I like Last of Us as well. I lo- I loved Last of Us, and, it, and that was like the other fun game that I mentioned before. So like that actually makes. You know what's really interesting is that Bioshock, which is like above Fear, uh, it's sitting at five point four for scariness. Yeah, so Bioshock is like five point four. This game is at. 4.6. But I remember when you mentioned, when we talked to Bioshock on that episode, you mentioned how that game was kind of just a fun yeah. game to play. Yeah. yeah. But I think I, I think I think Bioshock had the benefit of it had that creepy overall yeah. the atmosphere. Whole time. But then it also did have jump scares mixed in with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually I'm okay with that because Last of Us, there were times in the day where you didn't really have to worry about enemies. But then when you got caught in like a rundown motel at night or whatever then like there's creatures it's, in there it's that's, interesting that that's when it was scary that both games last of us and this game featured a lot of outdoor environments yeah right and they were like they weren't like creepy environments. they were like lush green environments and i think uh that's really really interesting to point out actually. yeah but they also had their moments where it wasn't scary and then the moments where they it was supposed to be scary whereas some games resident evil's just trying to be scary throughout yeah the whole time so there's definitely like some cool down periods. Yeah, they were trying games. to tell you a story in a terrible environment. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh yeah. So any final thoughts on Alan Wake, gentlemen? I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Thanks. You can get it on Steam. Uh, I'm sure we'll do the DLC eventually and then maybe that American <laughs> nightmare or whatever. Yeah. I'm uh yeah. I'm disappointed that I waited so long to play it. Very very, very unique game. I think if you're a fan of Twin Peaks or Stephen King or Lost. Yeah, you're you're yeah. probably not going to be too impressed with the story, but I think as far as uh, video games go, like I think you'll uh, you'll be entertained. Yeah, by it somewhat. I think so. All right. Uh, as always, folks, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for what games we should play, drop us line at shotdropper.com. Shotdropper.com slash list. 
if you want to check out all the games we played, right from scariest to least scariest. And uh, Robert, what mm-hmm. else can they find at SharkTrapper.com? Oh, my gosh. So many freaking things. Like really? what? <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you. Tell okay. me. Are there any <laughs> other podcasts there? Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Are there, Adam? There are so many podcasts. We do so many podcasts on the Shark Dropper Network. Uh, we got the Oversell Podcast, yeah. Movies, Films, and Flicks. We got what? a lot of fictional podcasts, no. Paralyzed, Cop Doctors, Dop Eleven and Hurt. Just check them all out. They're all on there. Um, also, Patreon link. Go to Patreon. Donate just a dollar a month. A dollar a month. That's it. $12 a year. And you can help us out greatly. We get to buy new equipment. We get to buy stuff that just helps us edit our, our podcast. So, I mean, definitely, like, any amount helps, but, like, just a dollar. Just a dollar. And, we'll suck um, your dick. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll all suck your dick at one time. Well, oh, I got these cheeseburgers. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying. We'll do it. We need the money. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Kyle, will go twice for me. I'll go yeah. twice. Right. I'll go also, twice. we got like, a couple promo uh, deals going on. Like, uh, if you're looking for something on Audible or looking for a Loot Crate yeah. subscription, we got uh, promo codes that you can... Uh, that you can use lootcrate.com slash shark is that it yeah yep. lootcrate.com slash shark promo code shark dropper yeah oh uh, promo code shark dropper now they had to change it yeah okay really. <laughs> too many sharks in the sea yeah, yeah, yeah. literally yeah and um, uh that's fine yeah also audible if you're looking and for just, like a deal there and rate and review rate and review like give us we're starting to get more reviews like on our um or just like five star ratings on all of our podcasts i've noticed like people have started doing that so just like keep up with that like keep Rating reviewing us, like that helps yeah, out a like lot every too. day at least. Every yeah. day, just give us a five star review. I don't know it. if it counts. Just, every just time make you do like it. a new iTunes account every time. I think I think it might only count when a new episode comes out. Okay. Or at least it. I know that happens with app updates. Every time there's an app update, you can submit a new yeah. review for that specific. So maybe podcast works say, the same way. I say just create a new account. Just oh, like yeah. John said, <laughs> just do that. Just yeah. create a new account every time. Mm-hmm. Just keep your old account. And add one at the end, and yeah, and then definitely. a two, and then a three, and just mm-hmm. keep going. Create mm-hmm. more and more accounts. Get ridiculous, but with no it. more than ten because that's as well. You uh, won't be able to keep up with it, right? <laughs> so, go to ten, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then start a whole new one. Yeah. <sighs> I, I, I think that'll work. All right, awesome. All right, guys, with my co-hosts Robert, Adam, and Kyle. I've been your host, John Lasseth. Thank you so much for listening and. We're not going to do that thing where we pew, pew, say, pew, like, the, uh, pew, pew. well, I'm definitely not going to do that. Wow, well, well, we already did it. <laughs> Adam did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Later. See you. See you guys.
T-minus five seconds till shark drop. Five, four, three, two, one. Drop the shark. Go, go, go. This podcast is a Shark Dropper Studios production. 